0: Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays, the office is open my friends, as this video is brought to you by drrodo.com. Welcome to another edition of Braddock's Breakdowns and with me again is my friend Danger and tonight Danger is going to play a little devil's advocate for me a little bit later we'll look at some of the guys I like a little bit higher than a consensus he'll play some devil at devil's advocate and then let us know which way he's going at the end with these guys but first danger let's jump right into it with some of the latest buzz uh, have you seen the Travis ETN news.
1: Oh, absolutely. I was following that uh, very diligently, diligently today. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, we got into it. Travis Etienne, if you haven't heard as of yet, is out for the entire year with a Liz Frank injury. So now you're looking at that roster danger. You've got um, James Robinson there as a the starter. You got Carlos Hyde behind him. It looks like the way the roster is constructed, that they're best suited to go out and get a third guy. Now, there's we're to say in the live is there's more than one way to skin a cat. I mean, I don't know why everybody's figuring out different ways to skin cats and not. But um, <laughs> that being said, danger, I mean, the cliche holds true that there is more way than one true. to skin a cat, I guess. Uh, but I want to look at some of the connections and we'll look at different options that the Jaguars and Urban Meyer can go out there and add other players. And one is you look at the running back coach. Bernie Parmalee, and a lot of times in the NFL, especially when an injury happens and they got to bring somebody in who hasn't been in there, they want to catch up quick. You look at the connections of the coaches, staffs, the front office, and so we're going to walk through some of those connections. We want to start with Bernie Parmalee, running back coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, in his past with Atlanta, with Oakland before they moved to Las Vegas, Devontae Freeman, Jalen Rashard, Tevin Coleman, Edo Smith. Now. Any of those four guys, do they pique your interest? you think they could do better? Or is there just better value out there for you? Danger?
1: I mean, I think they can do better, but if they're looking for just somebody that can come in and learn that playbook quickly and understands the offense that Bernie put together, uh, you know I'm a 49ers fan. Um, right. You know, Tevin Coleman, I've seen him play when healthy. You know, he looks good. Um, Jalen Richard is interesting. I don't know, you know, what mm-hmm. kind of shape he's in. I haven't really seen a lot of him, but – I think a pass catcher that can come down on passing downs and can block properly would be really good for them. So out of
0: that group, I'm kind of leaning Jalen Rashard. It's interesting. We'll get back to that group in a minute. I want to go to a, some of the other coaching staff connections. Marlon Mack, uh, Rashad Penny, Todd Gurley, Ty Johnson, uh, different coaches, staffs. whether we're talking Darren Bevel or Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, there's connections through this offensive coaching staff, uh, even Charlie Strong, excuse me, there when we when we start getting into like maybe Dearness Brown or Dearness Johnson for the Cleveland Browns. But I think he's going to stay on that roster even if they have to keep four running backs. But bringing it back in with this situation here, Marlon Mack, Rashad Penny, Todd Gurley, Ty Johnson, you feel like any of those, that quartet is a better fit than that first quartet that we mentioned with Devontae Freeman, Jalen Shard, Tevin Coleman or Edo Smith. That those eight guys are yeah. in, those guys. They've got you like, OK, I'm kind of a little bit more in now.
1: I mean, I'd be interested in Marlon Mack if they could get Indianapolis to let him go. Um, right. I, I'm a guy who thought Todd Gurley had something left in the tank if he found the right spot uh, would he want to come into that situation where he'd clearly be the number three guy
0: and just be spelling players Um, I don't know and they've seen they've got coaches on the staff that've seen Todd Gurley as recently as last year so that's intriguing now let's go to a different connection now it's not players to coaches it's Coaches the coaches, if you will. Urban Meyer, Bill Belichick, they're BFFs. They've loved each other for a long time. They're tied at the hip, Um, dating back all the way through draft history, whether at Florida, Ohio State, Belichick, bending the ear of Urban Meyer to find out about his prospects. Now I bring that up and I've done a video on this today on Travis Etienne and this Patriots situation with Bill Belichick and Urban Meyer. And you go check out the Braddock breakdowns, many on that at drodo.com But for right now though, this connection is friendship between them and the way the Patriots roster is constructed. James White in a contract year. Does that kind of, boosted even with these other guys, possibly in guys you can get off the waiver wire or when they get cut or maybe work out a low round trade. James White in a contract year, he'll be 30 in February. You can probably get for a day three pick.
1: I like the James White thought. I like that thought process. You're talking about, trying to talk a team out of depth, right? Mm -hmm. With uh, a week and a half to the first Thursday night game, right? Two weeks to the game. Uh, You got to just think about that. But Belichick's the kind of guy that pulls the trigger on a guy in a contract here. Let's get something for him before we just lose him to free agency. Every time. James White makes a lot of sense in that offense.
0: Yeah. And they have three running backs of those top six running backs. Three of them are in a contract here. Brandon Bolden, the special teamer, Sony Michelle and James White. James White makes the most sense in Jacksonville, but They've had him there for a while. It would be tough to get, get them out of Belichick. And maybe maybe Belichick gives the good wink-wink friend deal to Urban Meyer where Meyer just gets hoodwinked as welcome to the NFL moment getting hoodwinked by Bill Belichick on that deal. <laughs> All right, now let's go to some guys. We talked about it earlier in the show. Danger is here to play a role that's near and dear to his heart, the devil's advocate. <laughs> And so what he'll do, there's certain guys that there's a consensus on that they have a guy ranked higher than I do or than I have a certain guy. And I've got three quarterbacks tonight, Danger, three running backs, three receivers and three tight ends. I want to run through them and allow you to play devil's advocate on why I could possibly wrong, (laughs) why I could possibly be wrong. Sorry, I'm trying to say with a straight (laughs) face. Why I could possibly be wrong? All right. Anyway, Russ Wilson versus Dak Prescott. The consensus has Dak Prescott ranked higher all the way across the board. I'm saying Russ Wilson. I'll explain a little while, a little reason here in a second behind that danger. But are you riding with Dak? Do you see why why Dak or which one are you pulling the trigger on? You're on the clock and you're deciding between Dak and Russ. All
1: right. Well, devil's advocate in me says I stick with Dak Prescott. I think he's got the better tools at hand. His wide receiver core, overall, when you take you know DK Metcalf is the best of anybody on both teams. Right. Uh, but below him, Lockett has been proven to be very boomer bust, and they've got nothing else really there. If you believe like you do that Mr. Everett is going to make a difference in the tight end, when no other tight end has ever made a difference to Russell Wilson, I mean, Ooh. go for it. But you look at Dak Prescott. I mean, Ceedee nice. Lamb. You got Cooper. I mean, he's just he's got a lot of targets. He's got one of the best running backs in the game. Their defense is probably still gonna be really bad. And I trust, you know, Seattle to turn around that defense long before I would trust the Cowboys to turn around that defense. So healthy, they both play 17 games. Gimme Dak. Well, that's the problem. Will Dak play 17 ah, there you games?
0: Go. Uh, don't eight mile me now. Don't go m M&M and take my ammunition. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. That's the problem. Dak is still not up to a hundred percent. We're going into the last preseason game, and Dak is is not out there taking snaps. And they've been very coy about this shoulder injury, muscle, whatever it is. I I don't believe them. I don't trust them. I, I think it's probably a little bit worse than what they led people on. Obviously, with him not taking any snapping camps for the most part and seeing action in games, the chemistry is going to be lacking there. And on the complete. Opposite of that. There's no other quarterback when you're betting on them to stay healthy. That is better currently in the NFL than Russell Wilson. He came into the NFL 144 games ago, nine years ago. He has played 144 games. Let me correct that. He has started 144 <laughs> straight games for nine straight years without missing a start his entire career. And now you get an extra game this season on fantasy points as we go to a 17-game regular season. Russ has DK Metcalf. He does have Tyler Lockett that he's built chemistry over, and he's now a vet. They bring in Dwayne Eskridge. I like as that third body. Then they've got some undrafted kids that I really like in. Connor Weddington, especially K Johnson with the routes he has. I don't know how Kate Johnson went undrafted. That's the video for another day. And then my guy, Gerald Everett, as you mentioned as well, Will Disley as that number two, Russ is constantly in the MVP conversation. Give me Russ. And those are the reasons. All right. got to move on to the next quarterback speed this up a little bit here as we still got a lot. We want to get through with my, my friend, the devil's advocate, Johnny danger. <laughs> um, End of that. Did I make any headway? Are you going Dak or Russ? Honest um, answers. Honest answer from
1: me in snake drafts, um, probably neither. I don't really like where either of them fall. Um, so probably neither, man. Uh, right. I w- If I have to choose hair. one, yes. I'm with you on Russell Wilson because he's going to play all 17 games.
0: All right. I like it. All right. We'll keep moving on. Matthew Stafford. I don't think I'm going to win you over on this. I don't know if we've gotten into get to talk to danger a lot behind the scenes on discord and while we're putting together videos and everything uh, helps me out a lot. So um, I get his opinion on a lot. But for some reason, I've got a blank spot on your opinion on Justin Herbert. So this is going to be interesting. I have Matt Stafford. I would say the general consensus has Justin Herbert. What say you?
1: I think most I was probably look, I going not be honest with you. I was probably leaning Stafford because I like where he falls in the draft a right. lot. Okay. I'm really liking him. And we talked about this last week since cam makers is out. And I think that's nothing but a good thing for Matt Stafford. Stafford, They're going to put the ball. In- look, i live just outside of Detroit. I've been watching Detroit lose year after year after year. Matt Stafford doesn't want to go down in history as a loser. Right. So, um, you know, pure talent and arm strength and, you know, everything. Justin Herbert, I mean, he's younger. He doesn't have the back his- history. Uh, I think he's probably got a better chance to to make the whole season than Matt Stafford has. I do yeah. like his weapons. I like what they're doing over there on the offense. This is really close for me. Um but I think I think you're going to win me over on Matt Stafford pretty easy.
0: Oh, OK, well, let me go ahead pretty and make easy. the case because you got people at the at, mm-hmm. at home watching this or whatever social mm-hmm. media format or wherever they're watching it. Hopefully DrRogo.com. That's right. But as you're watching this. They're probably screaming at it. What do you mean it's got to be Justin Herbert? So let me let me put a little bit more of the reason behind it, behind it on it for me anyway. Justin Herbert, yes, stellar rookie season. It is hard to play quarterback in the NFL. It's hard to come back and respond after a season like that. That being said, new coaching staff. Let's look at the wide receiver depth here. You've got Keenan Allen, complete stud. And since they moved to Los Angeles, the guy doesn't miss games anymore. The last or four <laughs> years or so, he doesn't miss games. But Mike Williams does still miss games. A lot of them. Take it from a guy who's watched them since Clemson in college. And, and a lot of injured. catches. <laughs> Fair enough. Absolutely. That's your number two on the team. Yes, they went and invested a third round pick on Josh Palmer. I think this guy's a he's a possession receiver that struggled for separation in college. That's only gonna be magnified at the NFL level. Then that tight end position, I like Jared Cook. I really like Jared Cook. He consistently, I think he's got, what, 16 touchdowns the last two seasons. There's still juice left in the tank, especially with a kid like Herbert throwing him the ball. I like Jared Cook. But behind him, if he goes down, what is it, Donald Parham, who was just in the XFL last year? Steven Anderson, who's still struggling to develop after five, six years? I watched him when he came in as a rookie. I loved him as an undrafted rookie and thought he could develop. We're still here asking for the same development. They drafted Trey McKitty in the third round. Is he ready? To step up, I have a lot of questions. The depth is the big, biggest concern for me, and I always talk about the type of drafting I do is variable drafting. I look at everything over the seventeen game season, and that includes looking at the Rams and Matt Stafford. Who's the offensive mind in Detroit? You said you watched them a lot in Detroit. Who's the offensive mind in Detroit during Matt Stafford's entire career that you would put on par with Sean McVay? That's my point. Exactly. Now he's with an offensive mind that can get the most out of Matt Stafford that people knew he was going to be the number one pick in the draft out of high school. That's how talented he is. His arm talent, everything. And then you give him Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby. And I like Daryl Henderson. I like him a lot to step up this year. So for me, it's Matt Stafford. That's to make the point at home. I know you said you're easily <laughs> you had a toe in, but you probably got a foot in now.
1: Also. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't play devil's advocate for you though, that one. Sorry, buddy. No, I, that's with, completely I'm fine.
0: I'm in on Stafford. That's fine. I'll right, fight you on the one. next one. I right, you, you may, you may. This is the battle of the Ryans. Matt Ryan against Ryan Tannehill. Before I even tell you, which way are you going there? You know, um, we'll talk about it at the
1: end when we're done talking because I think the, the draft equity makes a big difference here. Um, mm. But talent-wise, man, I'm on Tannehill. I really am. I'm on Tannehill I- this year. I know that, you know, that's a running offense. I know that Julio Jones is often injured. I understand, but he's got yet another year. Derrick Henry cannot carry the ball another 685 times. I mean, he just can't, right? They got to throw the ball. They add my main man, Josh Reynolds, in. That man was my DFS darling several weeks last year. Um, I I really kind of like it. I like where they're going with that. I think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. I think he's going a little undervalued.
0: Arthur Smith has been in Tennessee for 10 years under multiple coaching regime. That guy just moved up from the ranks from the bottom to the top, and he ran that offense, rebuilt Ryan Tannehill after his Miami days, got the most out of Derrick Henry and built that office around him. Now he's gone to Atlanta, and Matt Ryan's in Atlanta. The consensus is with you, Danger. You've got the field with you, but I'm going Matt Ryan over Tannehill. I know the concern with Tannehill that you could really hit with, hit me with, and I and I don't have a shot to fire back is that they're paper thin on offense. I like their two tight end set where you get out there with Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst, and you can run Mike Davis, love Mike Davis more than anybody this year. Uh, not more than any other running back, more than any other. Analysts here on fantasy, but that being said, you can run them out of and you got Russell Gage and Calvin Ridley. I love that. But if one entry hits over 17 game season, it's not an if it's going to happen. Then I get concerned where they go for that depth after Julio has been traded to Tennessee. And it's interesting how these two keep running a parallel and intertwining because uh, with Julio going to Tennessee, that allows AJ to breathe that be that true. Number one, Josh Reynolds to drop to that three. I like Anthony Firkshire a lot there to replace Jonu Smith this year for the Titan. And Julio goes as a two here later, later in his career. And you got Derrick Henry. The problem is Derrick Henry's had 400 plus touches for two straight years. The decline is coming. It may not be this year. Maybe I'm projecting a year too early, uh, maybe several years too early, like the Mayans, who knows? But my thing is that there's so many, landmines there with Ryan Tanninghill and the people around him on top of him in a new offense with a new OC that I'm staying away with that. Give me Matt Ryan. I know what I'm getting Matt Ryan. He produces consistently year in and year out. Matt Ryan, I was looking at a stat early. I want to say Matt Ryan has had 26 or more touchdown passes and nine out of his last 11 seasons. And Ryan Tanninghill has had 26 or more touchdown passes twice in his career.
1: Well, I tell you what, man, uh, on face value, even, even, I still like Tannehill. But okay. you take draft equity into it and where you can take Matt Ryan in these drafts, he's getting no love. Oh, right. I'm, I'm getting Matt Ryan as my number two QB
0: everywhere, everywhere
1: literally yeah. everywhere. And what's great is you can take Stafford like one round before that and you can get yes. Stafford and yes. Ryan in like what, like the 10th and 11th rounds. I mean, it's disturbing how late you can get both those guys.
0: And if I remember correctly from years ago, I think they're like best friends. Them and their wives hang out together on the weekend. So, hey, I mean, that is just syncing up everything. Your draft with real life. Uh, It's fantasy. Best ball, man. That's a winning ticket right there. I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the running back position. I promise I'd speed it up. I'm getting long-winded. That Mm -hmm. is my fault. I've got Zeke. They've got Alvin Kamara. Tell me why Alvin Kamara is better than Zeke. Well, I mean,
1: I will tell you this year, uh, I think last year was a whole lot about how to get Drew Brees back into the offense. I think every week that Drew wasn't there, they were they were, um, you know, experimenting with this or that, trying to figure out what they're going to do when Drew Brees is gone. I am not as concerned as a lot of the other people, even on this channel, are about Kamara. I still am comfortable with him being drafted. Number one, number two, number three, anywhere in those reigns. They're going to get creative. Sean Payton's going to make sure that he is the absolute focal point. I don't care who's at QB. I don't care if Michael Thomas isn't there. Nobody can cover that man when they get him in the right scheme.
0: Well, there's a big difference when you have a Hall of Famer and Drew Brees throwing you the ball and keeping defenses on their heels. And when you have A battle going into preseason week three for some reason, Taysom Hill has some photos on Sean Payton. It's the (laughs) only sense I can make of it. I never thought Taysom Hill was an NFL quarterback. I always thought it was hype. And every time they're like, nope, it's really a competition. Nope, the competition is still going on to week three. This, This is real life. This is Taysom Hill is really competing against Jameis Winston, the former number one pick that's had thrown 30 plus touchdowns in a season. I know his interceptions problems, but he's been learning behind Drew Brees with Sean Payton. His body looks streamlined. His mental seems more mature. It's Jameis Winston's job. Quit making the team worse. Of course, Michael Thomas wants out. He went from Drew Brees that you trying to tell him Taysom Hill might be his quarterback. <laughs> I would retire. Marcus Colston, the best thing of his career and why he went from almost Mr. Irrelevant to one of the Saints' best slot receivers ever is because he never left Drew Brees. The other receivers, who was it, Robert Meacham or Craig Davis, they left Drew Brees and like two years later, like, hey, hey, my bad, Drew. Drew, man. I was playing. I was playing. Y'all take and he came back because he was smart. He's like, Hey, you know what? Drew Brees makes me in the office a lot better than 99% of the other quarterbacks in the league when I go to that team. And so with that being said, yes, I think there's going to be a, a decline on Alvin Kamara. Now, when we're talking about this, don't get caught up into hyperbole. I have Zeke three. I have Alvin Kamara four, because I've got concerns sure. about Jonathan Taylor and Derek Henry as well. So I want the people listening like, Oh, drop Drop Kamara off the top 10. No, he's my number four. I'm saying the risk-reward hit me with Zeke all day long. I mean, I like Zeke. I, I, I've got too many concerns with uh, Alvin Kamara. That offense, yes, I like these young wide receivers. Everybody's projecting. They look great on Monday Night Football. Jameis and Marquez Calloway clicking right away. Uh, Deontay, yeah, I mean, they, they, they're they coming back. But Michael Thomas, you don't know what you have there. Latavius Murray looks like uh, – shadow of his old self so i'm sticking with zeke i think that's the safe bet
1: all right well my only concern was zeke and maybe it was because you know that goes out but i thought so i just don't like when i look in a guy's eye and he's not there to play the game and i feel like that happens with zeke i feel like he just checks out and i I think he checked out
0: last year i think a lot of the players checked out
1: i think so i think so but you know it scares me a little bit when i look into my top pick in mm-hmm. a fantasy draft to a that's guy a who point. is willing to check out of a game. And what if Dak's shoulder is bad and it goes out again?
0: And then <laughs> you a get a bunch point. Of, of, you know, eight-point games out of Zeke again. And that's why we have you here as devil's advocate because I think those are all excellent points. No rebuttal to him. Let's move on. Antonio Gibson, my guy, Austin Eckler, consensus guy. Why is Eckler the pick here?
1: Man, I just want to see him healthy. If he's healthy and, you know, they got a new coach, maybe knows what to do with him. Mm Because, man, it was frustrating being an Eckler owner a couple of years ago when he played the season and just wasn't used. Uh, If he's healthy, he's got a legit shot of being a top five running back in the right offense, being used the right way. Will this new coaching staff do that? That's my question mark. But I indeed like Austin Eckler, especially in PPRs, over Mr. Antonio Gibson.
0: You remember Joe Shad used to be in college football. He's been uh, working covering the Dolphins for the last several years. He had a tweet today and I quote tweeted it. It's not a shot at him or anything. It's just to the point of his his tweet. He said in there the Miami Dolphins and I'm paraphrasing here, but the Miami Dolphins top tree of wide receivers Devontae Parker, Will Fuller and uh, Jalen Waddle that trio is among one of the best trios in the nfl when they're healthy and i had to reply back you know and again paraphrasing anytime you have to say when they're healthy as you said with austin Eckler. You're saying that because you know they're not going to be healthy. Yeah, they're among the best trio when they're healthy because they're never healthy. Will Fuller took PEDs last year because he had been injured his first four years straight. So his fifth year, everybody's like, he's having a great year and a contract year. His fifth year, played 11 games straight, hasn't been injured. Boom. PDs, Oh, Oops. that's how he stayed healthy. <laughs> Listen, you don't get healthier as you get older. That's my old cliche. I've always dropped on Houston radio for the last 10 years. It's just fact. You don't get older as you get healthier. So I think Eckler, yes, the injuries are part of it. The offense, we hit a lot of this with Justin Herbert earlier, so I don't want to rehash all of that, but a lot of the same concerns there with the offense and the depth and being able to take eight people out the box and not being able to have the defense focused on taking Eckler and Keenan Allen a because Mike Mike Williams is hurt, uh, Josh Palmer's not taking the top off of the defense, and you got Tyron Johnson there that can stretch the field, but he's still not a complete wide receiver yet, so you know what you're covering or what you're going up against typically there. So for me, it's Antonio Gibson. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick runs that offense. Tons of wide receivers there in Washington. Logan Thomas is really stepping up to that next hit where he's right there on the cuff, right there on the fridge of being a top five tight end. So it's Antonio Gibson for me. Uh, Mike Davis, Miles Sanders. I said earlier on this version of Braddock's Breakdowns Danger, I'm a big Mike Davis guy. I don't know if anyone's got him higher in the rankings than me. I think he's my 15th running back in the rankings, maybe 16th. Uh, most people have Miles Sanders higher. Why is it Miles Sanders over Mike Davis?
1: I think there's an opportunity to see kind of um, that running quarterback with that uh, very versatile running back with Hertz and Sanders. I think that's what people are excited about. You've seen it lots of times throughout the years when you have a really nice mobile quarterback and an excellent, you know, um, uh, read option kind of thing going on. Not necessarily, you know, Wildcat or anything like that. Um, But if Hertz can make that next step to be a solid NFL quarterback to not have the boomer bus weeks that we saw last year. Mm-hmm. I think it makes a lot of sense. And Miles Sanders I think is infinitely more talented than Mike Davis personally. Mm. I just think there's just so much up in the air with Hurts that I can see why you're making this argument and Davis has nobody, you know, to fight with. So Not just Hurts. Yeah.
0: It's not just up in the air with Hurts. Mm-hmm. The offensive line all struggle with injury. Their first round pick Andre Dillard they float out there. Oh, we're taking uh, calls on graphics. No, you're floating out through your insiders mm-hmm. that people are calling. If you want to move Andre <laughs> Dillard because he hasn't lived up to being a first round tackle and the offensive line throughout Brandon Brooks is starting to get banged up every year. Jason Peters left. I mean, you're, you're just having a uh, big V is gone in free agency. So you got concerns with the offensive line at wide receiver Devonte Smith's going to be a great wide receiver if he can stay healthy then what do we say about that i mean he's the slim reaper for a reason he's 88 pounds I mean, he's the first wide receiver that you can wear his weight as his jersey number. He's that light. The injuries are going to be an issue. Jalen Rager, he's coming on great in year two. Uh, he's going to develop a little bit more. But that guy's not ready to carry a team if Devontae Smith's out. Then where are you going? Quez Watkins? He's a, a 9 route guy. You got Zach Gers, Dallas Goddard. You've got guys there. You don't have your traditional stud one, stud two, stud slot, tight end, number two tight end. It's not there. If we talk, I talk a lot about Jenga blocks and offenses and a piece missing. The jingle blocks are already missing. This thing is going to crumb, crumble. And I like Jalen Hurst's potential. If you gave him a quality offensive line that stays healthy and legitimate NFL weapons that stay healthy and are there week in, week out. Philly doesn't have that. So for for me. Uh, It's going to be Mike Davis, this guy last year, fourth in the NFL, not at his position, fourth in the NFL in catch percent, catching 59 passes on 70 targets. The guy catches everything. Uh, he His Russian attack, his thighs are like tree trunks, <laughs> and he's finally got an opportunity to be number one, and they're talking about wanting to feature him. Who's taking touches away from Mike Davis? They just cut their uh, JV on Hawkins, So I'm like, all right, yeah, he's got tiny hands, seven to seven, eight inch hands, uh, shifty, small back, tiny. He'll get injured a lot, too. That being said, though, who's going to replace him? Cordero Patterson? Deontay Foreman, because Arthur Smith had him in Tennessee, so he feels comfortable. They're not taking touches from Mike Davis. They're not taking catches from Mike Davis. Mike Davis is getting fed. Kenneth Gainwell's coming for that job, Miles Sanders. Watch your back. And they've Mm -hmm. got other guys, Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, the depth there in Philly. They're going to get pieces of that pie where Mike Davis is sitting at the buffet. All
1: right, look, man, like. I was trying to play devil's advocate for you, but I think we were in agreement. when We were talking about this, you know, earlier this year. Um, Yeah, I I think the Eagles take last place in that division. So, I mean, I think I I personally think they're a mess. Now, our boy Chris Emmerich, he disagrees with us. He likes the the boom upside of a Miles Sanders. But, um, you know, I'm kind of with you, man. I like Mike Davis where I can get him, although he's starting to creep up in those uh, ADPs.
0: They're all creeping up. Uh, C.D. Lamb's been creeping up. Like I'm mean, over the summer, I'm like, oh, we're going to be able to steal all these guys, and now they're all creeping up right up there, and mm-hmm. they're not becoming steals anymore. So if you've got a draft coming up in the next couple of days or the mm-hmm. next weekend, make sure you're up with the latest at drroto.com. All right, we're going to go speed offense here. I've gone. Ex- Extended, especially <laughs> extended version. Danger's been doing double duty. I appreciate it. So let's go hurry up. Allen Robinson, my guy, the field, A.J. Brown.
1: I don't know who's throwing the ball to Allen Robinson, man. So um, I like A.J. Brown. I'm an A.J. Brown guy. He is going to uh, play really well. He's got Julio on the other side. Uh, you know, I, like I said, he got my boy Josh Reynolds there. I really like that team. I think they contend. I think their defense plays a little bit better. Um, I just don't know who's throwing the ball to Allen Robinson. I, I I don't really like the, the the red-headed rocket. I don't really like Fields in his first year. Can't get behind it, man. So I'm A.J. Brown all the way.
0: Yeah, I'm going Allen Robinson here. Love Allen Robinson. He's caught from Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles at the end of his career. Uh, now he's going to have Justin Fields. I know the Bears are still saying Andy Dalton's week one starter. All right, first half, first quarter. First series. (laughs) At that point, you're going to realize you're about to get fired if you do not put Justin Fields. And whether it's week one or week two, when Justin Fields gets in there, when he takes off, he's going to flourish fantasy wise and Allen Robinson is going to get fed like no quarterback he's ever played with has been able to feed him before. All right. What we're going to do, we're going to cut that off. I know we got a couple receivers left, a couple tight end. We're going to save that for next time. You know, we do two Braddock's breakdowns, these podcasts a week. So we'll try to come back later in the week, that second episode of this week, and we'll give you the rest of those wide receivers and tight end. Don't want to take up too much more of Johnny Dangerous time. I appreciate you dropping double duty. Well, that didn't come out right i appreciate you
1: <laughs> my just, wife you doesn't
0: just... yeah yeah let's play too all right so i appreciate all you do Danger. i know all the work you've put in and taking a little bit long tonight but i appreciate you sitting in as my devil's advocate you know what my friend always a pleasure check out all, everything danger does including the pga podcast he does i'm gonna let you tee that up in <laughs> the success y'all have had the last four weeks look my friend
1: uh between the articles the last four weeks, the first three weeks in the articles of out of like a dozen guys named, we pick the winner every single week. Last week, Ooh. I called the shot, Tony Finau, to win. We just finished that broadcast um, before we started recording this. So go back to DrRoto.com and find In the Cup and check
0: it out. There it is. If you want the receipts, they are at DrRoto.com. And while you go over there, if you haven't taken advantage of being a member yet, we have great conversations going over in the members only discord. I actually did a video based off of some of the conversations going on today. You can check that out at DrRoto.com. The latest breadics, breakdowns, many, all of that is at drroto.com. Check it out, drroto.com. Use my code fantasy for a special discount. He's danger. I'm Jason Braddock. Until next time, we'll see you. Come check us out, drroto.com. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drroto.com. And until the next visit, be well and.